getting lesser thinking about that um obviously we know that this organization is now um you know championship level and you know we're not gonna settle for anything less so um you know obviously if, if the wheels fall off uh you know obviously changes will have to be made but that's not something that's been talked about in our locker room or by anyone so um we, we really think that we can pull it together and string some wins together and uh you know make a push so um that's not something that that we've uh that's even talked about that was the islanders matt barzal answering a really good question from longtime hockey reporter dennis gorman and the question was you know are you guys even thinking about the trade deadline and are you inspired to put a big run together so that Lou Lamorello doesn't trade anybody and it keeps the core together. Great question. And I love Barzal's answer. That, that's how a player, that's how a leader should answer. They're not thinking about that, even if they are. And I think some of them, it's only natural that they would be. Um, they are there to win the next game and the game after that. Pat tonight against uh, Boston was a very solid win against a good team. It's the best they have looked probably in six to eight weeks or so in terms of a full team effort. And that is fantastic. But in my mind, the ship for the most part has sailed on this season. And it, even though Matt is right, they need to just keep on winning. That's their job. It's Lou Lamorello's job and the scouts and the hockey department and everybody else to start making this team better for next season. It did go off the rails. I understand Barzell saying if we continue to go off the rails or if it goes off the rails. Well, no, it already did. It's getting way too late, way too early, of course, for any Islander fans. But they need to look ahead. And on this episode, we will look at who could be available on the Islanders, what they could be worth. And I think in some cases, the answers will surprise you. Welcome to Islanders Forecheck, presented by Instat Hockey, the Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village, and by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash PressPass16 and use code PressPass16 for up to, you guessed it, 16 free meals and three free gifts. All right, Chris, so this is Islanders Forecheck, Papoil, Chris Botta. Uh, Chris, let, let me. I mean, you know I'm a positive guy. We got to get some positivity, right? We could talk about the trade deadline and, and doom and gloom and all that stuff. But the Islanders did get a win here tonight as we're recording on this Thursday night. They did beat the hated Boston Bruins. They beat them again, second time this year, 4-1. to one. And look, I think uh, one thing to look out for here, as most Islander fans, like you mentioned, have their eyes now on March 21st. That's still over a month away, right? So... What I heard Butchie say at the end of the game, and I loved it, he goes, look, my mindset when we were playing and we were struggling to make the playoffs and these guys' mindset right now is we just got to win some hockey games, right? We just got to string some wins together. And although it does, uh, although my optimism, I'm sure your optimism, most Islanders fans' optimism right now, you know, we talked about the optimism meter throughout our Islanders four checks. I was at a goddamn, what, nine to start the year? Uh, it's at a one out of a, out of a 100 for basically everybody, right? But... That being said, and I'm not saying the Islanders are going to go on this unbelievable tear and make the playoffs and all of a sudden be the St. Louis Blues of a couple years ago. But look, they, they win five out of six games. They win six out of eight games, seven out of eight games. They have a chance. They will have a chance. And that's all you got to look for out of the next month here. And you talked about the players. And yeah, they're not going to 
they're going to say they're just thinking on winning games, and they're never going to admit, even if their mind is on the on the trade deadline. So, you know, obviously, all they're looking to do is win the next game, and if they continue to put some wins together, they can do that. I think they got some scrappy goals tonight against Boston, some rebound goals. I know they were playing the backup goalie, um, but you know, they they looked a lot better than they than they did on the road trip in West Canada. They looked a lot better than they have throughout most of this season. I know it's one game, so I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But I thought they played as a unit. You know, I know a lot of the guys this year have said, look, when we play as a five-man unit, when we play as five, we're very good. And we still believe we're a Stanley Cup caliber team. Again, I'm not going to get caught up in, in hearing words like that. We're a Stanley Cup caliber team. But a win is a win. They look great. They, uh, Sorokin gives up another terrible near-post goal against Taylor Hall. After that, he was great. They score four in a row. They get the win. It's a good win at home. And again, they still have a bunch of home games here. They still have a bunch of games in hand. So all you can do is look forward to try to win some games, right? Because it's still we're, it's still only February 17th. That's the beauty of sports, right? No matter whether it's the college sports teams that you follow and love and, and, and do their games, the teams that we like that are good, the ones that are bad. And in this town, they're more bad than good. When I was with the Islanders, they were bad most of the time. But, man, when they had that next game or the game after that, or maybe it was four games later, and they won that one, whether it was on the Coliseum on a Saturday night and it got really loud, you know, everything is put away. You know, we'd go on the road, maybe win a surprise one. It was it was a great three hours. It was a great night in Montreal when they when they'd win that rare game that season. I'm not comparing. This team is better than most of those. But we're talking about two different things here. It reminds me of when uh, the media and the fans get into this thing about how teams should tank, right? The players, they can't do that. It's not. Why would they? Why would they want to get their team worse to get a higher draft pick so some kid can come in and take their job? They're there to win the next game. So that's why I love what Barzell said. My point here, buddy, is that if we're going to do this freaking show and talk about the Islanders week to week. Well, right now, and I stayed with this as long as possible, but right now, the narrative, despite a really, really nice win against Boston, is what happens here in these next four weeks before the trade deadline, four and a half weeks. So um, I know there's interest in Islanders players. I know the Islanders have to be considering what they want to do. So that's why there's that. So we could have both things. We could celebrate a win. Hey, look, they should beat Montreal at home on Sunday afternoon. They should. They should beat Seattle even on the road. I actually like their chances in that game better than I do. I know they didn't play well against them in UBS. So that'll be three. Is it still enough? Is it enough to change my number on the on the barometer? No. But listen, I totally get from where you're coming from. The other side to this is why didn't we see more of what we saw on Thursday night over these last few weeks? They have the full team together, and they just never got going. A great period in Vancouver here, a good stretch at UBS a couple weeks ago there, but they just have not been able to put it together. And one more thing, the fight to get back in it, and we could all want to believe. And sure, part of me thinks, sure, why not, right? But it's all to get into eighth place. 
You know what I mean? Like they have to, I want to see them retool and make some changes and maybe make an adjustment in their thinking so that they could be very good again next season. So they could be one of eight contending teams next season. Not so they could become a team that gets into eighth and then probably doesn't go very far in the playoffs because they don't subscribe to that narrative if they get in. This has been a long stretch for them. That would be tough for me to picture. Yeah, I mean, and again, and look, if we're doing this podcast on Tuesday night, I'm probably ripping them. I probably have zero confidence, zero optimism whatsoever when they're losing fucking games to Calgary and losing 6-3 to Buffalo, giving up shorties and a goal with a second left. You know, we did a we did some hockey press pass episodes on Tuesday, and we were following the end of that game. We're going, what the hell is going on? And you're right. Ultimately, it probably is going to be too little, too late. Losing games three nothing to Seattle, uh, getting crushed by Buffalo, losing games out west that they had no business losing. You know, Kyle Palmieri also can't find the back of the net this year, and Ben Bailey, although he's been passing well, I mean, come on, he's got he's got what eight goals on the year uh, or three goals on the year? Excuse me, he's been terrible. So again, I'm not I'm not sitting here. Uh, prisoner of the moment, uh, one win against against Boston, and now all of a sudden the season's going to be completely turned around. But that that being said, I'm not, I'm not going to bury myself, right? Like we're we're three feet in the ground already. I'm not gonna, just going to go ahead and crawl the extra three feet and put the soil over the top of me. So, uh, you know, I'm still going to enjoy the wins when they have them. I'm still going to say that this team has a chance statistically, maybe not theoretically, but statistically they have a chance if they can get on one run. And I still think there's a lot of positives to look out for. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you said it, it is too little too late. Where was the effort in that Seattle game? Where was the effort in some of these losses against Buffalo? Where was the consistent play where they're Jekyll and hiding their way through games? So, I mean, I get it. And, and look, that conversation and, and it's inevitably going to happen. It's already happened. And we're, like I said, we're a month away from the trade deadline. And as much as I want to ignore it, and I'm one of the fans that don't want to hear about it, we are going to, the guys are going to get dealt. Right, we know they're going to keep their core intact. I think I'm. I don't think I'm even close to crazy for saying this. I still think the core of this team is good enough to win a Stanley Cup final. One bad year uh, is is good enough to win a Stanley Cup title. One bad year for me is not going to ruin all the optimism and all the confidence that they've built into this fan base over the last three, four seasons. So that you know, that being said, again, Chris, we're going to take a break here, and we are going to talk about the trade deadline. Guys on the Islanders that could get dealt. Guys on the Islanders that probably will get dealt. And what the Islanders could get back, right? It's time for it's time for Uncle Lou Lamorello to work his magic, right? I mean, I think most most people think he's one of the best GMs in all of the four major sports in the U.S. throughout his time, and especially as of late. It's time for Lou to prove it once again here at the trade deadline because they are going to make some moves. So any any final words here before we go to break? No, I uh, I... I... The one thing that you said was this is not about breaking up any kind of a core or any piece of the core. Listen, I guess there's a chance, and we'll talk about it in the second block, is to maybe one surprise player traded. But if he is, it's going to be because Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello have had the hard conversation that we don't love this guy as much. You know, let's throw, I'm just throwing out for an example a Beauvillier. Right. Like it's possible that somebody like him could go anybody else who's on our list. It's because they don't have much time left on their contract. They are the currently the number two goalie. They are 45 years old. 
they are their initials are zp like you know we're not really bringing out we're not talking about brock nelson here we're not talking about pelican pulak we're not talking about the centers and their strength down the middle i don't even think that you'll see a change in, in, in the center position because that's a that's a strength and it should be again for another year or two at least so no those are my final words on that one all right when we come back chris and i will do a deep dive on the trade value or Maybe in some cases, the lack thereof of Islanders potentially available before the 3 p.m. March 21st NHL trade deadline. It's coming up next on Islanders 4Check, a bonus series of Hockey Press Pass. This week, we welcomed a new partner to Hockey Press Pass and Islanders 4Check, and that's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash PressPass16 and use code Press Pass 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Pat LaFontaine wore 16. Ziggy Palfi wore 16. So the code Press Pass 16. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. So this week, Pat, uh, it, it, came, it showed up on the porch, and we got three meals, the fit and wholesome meals for our family. It fed four. It seemed like even more food than that, and it was terrific. Uh, I hope you could join us uh, someday for the next delivery. Our timing was a little off with the uh, shows this week. I know, okay. man. You're keeping, all, you're keeping all the goods away from me. Sorry, we have it in the fridge right, right, right down by my uh, little downstairs studio here. It was really, really good. My wife was thrilled. Took like maybe 20 minutes to put it together and uh, fabulous. So, so you get six recipes per week to choose from, including low calorie and carb conscious options. Very important to me. And they were fantastic. Saves us a lot of time. The low fresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. And it's 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. So folks, you know, actually a lot of people, you know, call and say, how can we support the uh, uh, podcast? Anything we do? What are you going to do next season? What, what do you need? Support the sponsors, right? You hear that probably all the time from shows like this. So go to HelloFresh.com slash PressPass16 and use code PressPass16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh.com slash PressPass16. Use code PressPass16. Ziggy Poppy, Pat LaFontaine, America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. And, of course, shout-out to one of our biggest supporters, the Main Street Board Game Cafe. It is in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and games for play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. You're sick of your kids. You're sick of your husband always on his phone. Put the damn phone down. Play some board games with your family. Their staff will help you find the right board game from you for you from card and party games to games for families to strategy games they have it all get off your screens and unplug your game for a night your family will remember looking for groups to join their magic the gathering dungeons and dragons or warhammer communities are welcoming for all located at 307 main street in huntington village go to mainstreetboardgamecafe.com for more information main street board game cafe find your crowd unplug your game all right, so back here now on Islanders 4-Check, the bonus series of Hockey Press Pass. He's Chris Botta. I'm Pat Boyle. 
And Chris, you promised. I, I gotta to... say, man, like you sound down on having to do this. I, because I, it's it's for me. <laughs> it's it, if if they wind up losing two one, you'd be like, get back up the fucking bus, get them all out of here. <laughs> you, win one, you win one. They did you see the previous games? <laughs> I, I'm I'm just. I love it. I, I, I actually, I, I genuinely love it. It would be so easy to do this show after another loss, right? But, you know, I want to deal in reality, too. Yeah, well, I mean, somehow, even though we had chances and thoughts of a Stanley Cup and comparison to my Knicks fandom, where I was like, all right, maybe the Knicks get into a second round uh, in the NBA playoffs, somehow the Knicks have brought my shame in being a fan of them to an, a higher level than the Islanders have. So maybe that's why, I mean, they're, they're just abysmal. But no, I mean, just for me with the trade deadline, knowing that they're going to sell in some capacity, it's almost like it's like the final nail in the coffin of what has just been a, a supremely disappointing season. And, you know, I don't want to see some of these guys go that are ultimately going to go. Like you think that the, that the, the team that Lou and Barry has built this year, we thought it was good enough to win a cup. It obviously hasn't been. Uh, and that you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be sad to watch some of these guys have to leave. So, oh, oh, the only thing I would say is that it really is not going to be a breakup. It, you know, look at the list, and yes, folks, we actually do about thirty to forty-five seconds of preparation before we do one of these shows. And on the working list we have here, I mean, have you looked at it, buddy? Like there isn't. There might be two guys that you'd be slightly yeah, sad, but it, it doesn't have the guy, it doesn't have any core, real core members of the team. Uh, and one of the things is that we might learn that Lou decides Cal Clutterbuck to start. He'll be just like, no, I want to bring Clutterbuck back, and that's that is fine. We're just here is to, you know, I spent a lot of time over the last day or two talking to people around the league to get a gauge. Kevin Kurz wrote a piece for The Athletic that was fantastic, too. Um, I have some different reporting, I guess you would say, on, on some of that. I also have some other points to make. But, no, you know, this is, this is just what could they get for the pieces that not only are available, probably should be available. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you mentioned it. Like, for example, I'm I, I really, I'm not gonna give too much of a shit about seeing Scott Mayfield go if he does go. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry about uh, about Scotty about Scotty Mayfield or Andy Green going. But you, I mean, you said it. You know, we look at guys that have trade value. Cal Clutterbuck is one of them, and one of the guys on the identity line. He's somebody that I don't want to see go. But we know that he could provide value to a, a Stanley Cup to contending team. So when we look at trade value and we start with Cal. Um, you know, what do you think are the chances he gets dealt? <clears throat> I think he's one of the most obvious. And what do you think uh, the Islanders could potentially, you know, get for him? The chances are very good that he will get dealt. It would be a move. He will not be a player that Lou Lamorello gives up on too early. Uh, he will want to give this team the full run all the way to the trade deadline, maybe the day before. That's how much Clutterbuck means to the room and has meant to the organization since they got him in the Nito Niederreiter trade, which, you know, I know is heavily criticized at the time, will never look good on paper, but Cal Clutterbuck has been a good Islander, so credit to Garth Snow for getting a very worthwhile player and a very good Islander uh, for a long time, and this is not necessarily the end. But and did you Cal just Clark you just you just credited Garth Snow? 
Yes, I got. I, I will do often. I mean, a lot of your favorite Islanders, you know, were acquired. Most, of, if not all, your favorite Islanders were acquired when Garth was the GM <laughs> and he had his staff with him. So that's 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 never a problem. Um, Cal will get at least and should get at least a third round draft pick in return. He might get even more than that. One thing that I keep on seeing. You know, I hear a lot from the fans, none of these guys are worth anything, or Cal Clutterbrook at most is worth a third or a fourth, or they're going to get. I just want to set the table here briefly. I'm not going to be doing this for all the guys. but And Bar- Barkley Goodrow turned out to be a really good player. He was a developing player. But when San Jose traded him two years ago, in 2020, San Jose traded him to the Tampa Bay Lightning helped the Lightning win Stanley Cups, and now Barkley's gotten wealthy uh, with a six-year contract with the Rangers, and he's been good for the Rangers. But Barkley Goudreau was, uh, he's younger, I get it, he was traded for a first-round pick, right? So he was a fourth-liner with potential to be a third, which is what he is now, a third, fourth-liner, very good one, and he was traded for a first-round pick. That same time around the trade deadline, Brendan Dillon, Brendan Dillon, you know, an okay defenseman, a, a, a guy coaches love to have on their team, right? Second pair, more like a third pair, was traded for two second round picks. Not one second round pick, but two. So when we talk about Scott Mayfield, who's not making a lot of money and is a very useful player, and I could see a GM or a scout saying, Go get that guy, and he's worth overpaying for in terms of draft picks or prospects or whatever. Islander fans should not rule out being happily surprised. So for Cal Clutterbuck, I will set it at a minimum third-round pick with the potential to be even much more surprising than that. The key is, and I'll say this a lot in this segment, is you just need two teams interested. It's all it takes. And when you have this many teams in the league, Cal Clutterbuck is going to get interest. And so, by the way, is Zach Parisi and Mayfield. Some of the others, not so much. So when we're going to set a level at value, Clutterbuck's at least at, at minimum a third. And I think he could actually get back more than that. Okay. Now, you know, speaking of the defenders and speaking of Scotty Mayfield, um, let, let's pair him with Andy Green and let's do those two here next. Um you know, what do, you, what do you think the Islanders can get for either one of them? Speaking of surprising value, and we get it, Lou Lamorello likes his players. We also get that Andy Green was, and I'll use this term again, a very useful player for the Islanders during their playoff runs. But Andy Green was acquired by the Islanders by Lou Lamorello for a second round pick. Uh, I don't think many people would have thought that at the time. But Tom Fitzgerald, the GM of the Devils, was like, if I'm going to give up this longtime New Jersey Devil, very loved guy, leader, captain, and I'm going to trade him across the way to Lamorello and help a rival get better, I'm going to get the most for it. That said, that does not set the template for an Andy Green deal. I don't think that to answer the question... I don't think there would be much for Andy Green. Perhaps a respectful fifth or sixth round pick or something like that. But in the case of Green, I would be surprised if it was anything more than that. Scott Mayfield is a totally different story because he's got term. He's young. 
He's played well. He's had some good moments in the last few weeks, including uh, handling the puck. Uh, he's somebody, and by the way, I've been mostly just setting this at picks. He's somebody who maybe you could get a prospect back as well, or a player who Barry Trotz, Lamrell says, oh, but if we got him, he'd fit in well in this lineup. I think Mayfield has some really good value if the Islanders decide to trade him, uh, more than Clutterbuck, certainly more than Green and most of the other guys. That's what's one that really is worth looking at because and considering because Trotz can probably tell himself, I love Scott Mayfield, but we can replace that uh, because he's not a you know, he's not, it's not like replacing Letty, which they haven't done. It's not like replacing Devin Taves, which they haven't done. Mayfield could be replaced. I think it's possible the Islanders will move him and the haul, for lack of a better word, it makes it sound bigger. And as the, the return on Scott Mayfield, again, will be better than people are expecting. All right, let, let's move on to Big Z. You know, say he's 45. I don't think he gets dealt. I don't know about you. He's on an expiring contract. He's 45. Outside of uh, uh, leadership and veteran experience, I mean, he made a nice pass for the empty net or whoop de do. He has he has not been what I thought he was going to be. He has not panned out to be that veteran leader that the Islanders thought he'd be. He's slow. He's constantly falling over himself. I think he has brought zero, almost close to zero value to this team when you look at the season as a whole. And I don't I don't see a contender trading for him and giving the Islanders anything of substance again just because he's basically a rental for three months, if that. But what do you think differently? Have you heard differently about Zidane? No, I, uh, Kevin Kurz's piece I want to credit in the Athletic did you know uh, quote at least some people in hockey saying that there's some value there that he'd be worth getting for to be a 12, 15 minute guy. Uh, listen, it's unfortunate that this didn't turn out to be a Hollywood ending in Elmont. Uh, for Zidane Chara coming back to the team that drafted him and being a player to help put them over the top does not look like it's going to happen. I think it surprised a lot of people, uh, the drop-off in his play in the last couple of years. I think there's a reason why Washington said thank you and walked away. The reason why I don't think Zidane Chara is going to get traded or that there's going to be much interest in is because, and this is a compliment to him and his, and his legacy, it's because he's Zidane Ochara. You're seeing the Islanders, they never really even seem to think about scratching him or resting him. Yeah, never. So it's, so if you're named the team, right? Actually, think of any team that's in a playoff position right now. If you acquire Zidane Ochara, and even if it's just for a fifth-round draft pick, right? You're, now your coach is like, Zidane Ochara, I got to play him. But I don't always want to feel like I have to play him. Yeah. He's that he's just that well loved, respected. He has such a presence. And so I could see teams being like, unless there's a prior relationship with a coach, you know, on another team, you know, or going back to a Boston, which I don't see happening, don't you know, it wouldn't be Ottawa. Um, I just don't see it happen because he's so big. It would be like when Yager was toward the end of his NHL career. And a team wanting to just acquire him to be like a part. Yeah. Right? All those teams that signed Yaramir Yager all those years, he was playing on their power play. He was playing in their top six. With Char, that's just not going to happen, the defensive equivalent. So, no, I don't see uh, Char going anywhere. And I certainly 
on the odd chance something happens and he agrees and him and Lamorello work out a handshake deal that, hey, we're, you have an opportunity to go win here, it won't be for, for much value. Okay, let's move on to one that's um, definitely more of an emotional one. Uh, he mentioned it at the end of, or he mentioned it when he came here to the island. Um, now they still have the uh, the picture, the frame in his basement of his dad, JP, scoring the uh, the game winning goal in, in in the playoffs in '75. And that's Zach, uh, another guy that you know, thought you when you when you brought him here, he was going to be a guy that could contribute on the power play, would score some meaningful goals. Um, yeah, he hasn't been as bad as Palmieri this year, hasn't been as bad as Bailey, but another guy I think that could provide some sneaky good value, um, considering he's still only, what, 37? So um, I think Zach Parise gets dealt, and I know you have, uh, you know, talking to executives and whatnot, and the people that you know in, in your inner circle, the bottom circle, which is very large, uh, what have you heard on Parise? That could be a, a good or happy surprise there for Zach going to a contender, and he certainly has earned that opportunity for his whole body of work, not just with the Islanders, but also for the Islanders in terms of the return. You know, when we talk about all it takes is two teams to be interested, there are teams out there who are watched the Zach Parisi over the last two months, maybe the first month or so, but he has played well for what he's expected to do. And there are teams out there, more than a few, who have identified him as he you talk about a you know, solid citizen, plug him in, third line, know what he's going to do, not making any money. He's making almost the minimum or so. So uh, easy, low maintenance, loved, respected throughout the league, checks all those boxes. So no, are they going to get a high draft pick for him? No. But that's one, like, you know, when we cite some of these other deals, and yes, I started to look, you know, some of these other things up. You go through, throw out the last two trade deadlines because of the pandemic, but you go to 2020 and before that, you're seeing players like, really? He was traded for, you know, guys are routinely going for third and fourth round draft picks. Then there's, high, you know, there's higher level players. Uh, Thomas Tatar was once traded Detroit. Traded him to Vegas. That's a re- that was a Detroit team that was rebuilding and got a first round pick, a second round pick, and a third round pick for Thomas Tatar. And sure, Vegas was he wound up playing twenty games for Vegas and they let him go and he signed as a free agent. They were making a bet, no pun intended, Vegas, and it didn't work out. But you know that's crazy overvalue, and people can say, well, just because one team overpaid and made a dumb mistake, that doesn't mean somebody else is. No, but it does set a market, and it shows you that if a team really feels strongly enough, and there was interest in Zach Creasy when he was a free agent. So last thing on, on that one that I'll say, on the kind of on the negative side, you know, we're, I see a lot sometimes from fans or uh, bloggers or people like really crushing on Zach uh, positively, like they have a crush on him, I, I get it, in the last couple of months his play. And, you know, I wouldn't mind if they re-signed him for next year. I got a real problem with that because now you're just forgetting about the first couple of months. He was okay. Oh, he had so many chances. I never bought that. He's got a couple of goals now. That's great. But if you re-sign Zach Parisi, you're signing up 
before you maybe trade him at next year's trade deadline for another 82 games of this. You're not getting, you're not necessarily getting him at his best. Like he's played the last couple of weeks. It's a long season and he's not a young guy. So that's another reason why they should try to get what they can for him. If there, if there's something out there for him. And I believe that there is. Okay. And then finally, and one that might make the most buzz uh, on this team is Semyon Varlamov, right? Obviously, I think he's still in quarantine, correct? Is he finally out of quarantine? He's, and coming, he's coming back in a couple of, I think it's tomorrow. He's coming back this weekend. So yeah. he will be back. So he's been quarantined. So people, you know, you're going to hear the, the buzz pick up around him in the next two weeks, big time. Um, we know teams that are Stanley Cup contenders who need goalies. We, we know Edmonton always needs goaltenders. Um, so uh, a veteran guy like himself that obviously is never going to be the number one on this team again. So Roken has that. Um, I think Varlamov could be one of the biggest trade chips, if not the biggest trade chip for Lou Lamorello come this deadline. I think he gets dealt. I think he, he might bring back the most value just because teams are always looking for goaltending uh, in the playoffs. Especially we see, uh, you know, uh, number one can get ditched and thrown to the wayside after two games in a, in a best of seven series, just like that, after two bad games. We know Varlamov's got all the playoff postseason experience in the world. So what are your thoughts on, on Varley? No question. He would bring back the most. Uh, nobody would be surprised to hear that. My take is, like, if, if somebody dared ask my opinion, I would say, go get this guy. Okay. And by the way, the positives is quarantine. You can say, well, he's got to rest a little bit, right? He's guy who's had some injuries. He gets to heal. He gets the rest. If a team is really serious, and I love Mark Andre Fleury. He's one of my favorite players to have interviewed, to have been around, to watch play. I have so much respect for him and how he handles himself. And every time people think he's done, he comes back. So I get it. He's also uh, his contract is up. So I get that. But if we're just talking who's the best goaltender available, who do I think is the best goaltender available, who I think a lot of people would tell you is the best goaltender available, who, you know, in their heart of hearts would tell you is their best goaltender available, and that would be the Islander goaltending coaches who know him well, he is, you know. So a team, if a team is going to make a run at it and decide they need a guy, they need their one, need a 1A at the very least, their ultimate insurance and, and somebody to push the other guy for the top spot in the playoffs. I'd give up a lot for Varlamov. And, you know, we will see what happens over the next couple of weeks with injuries, with play as teams fall in and out. But it's it may be 50-50 that, you know, at best, that, that whether he's traded or not, because it just may happen that the pieces don't come together for a team to, to go get him. But in terms of value, he's the most valuable out there. He's the best goaltender out there, in my opinion. And he would bring back a, a decent package. Again, I got—I just want to go through some of the... Ilya Kovalchuk was traded from the Cap, Capitals to the Canadians for a third-round pick two years ago. I, I, I actually had to remember that Ilya Kovalchuk was still in the league uh, two <laughs> years ago. Uh, you know, JP... Uh, Peugeot, JG Peugeot, excuse me, he's the home team. You gotta get the names right. Um, he got a first, he, he went for a first, a second, and a third. 
Yeah. That was good, but for a second and third try. I liked it. I liked the idea of going for it. All the Islander fans rightfully said it was an overpay. But you can't say, we overpaid for that guy, and he's turned out to be a good Islander, and, and he's fit the role, and he gives him strength down the middle and all that stuff. And then say, well, the Islanders aren't going to get anything for these other guys. I get it. There's not a Pajot on this list. There is in Barlamov in terms of position. But there's... I, they will make at least one move where fans will be like, "Add away, Lou, man, you got so much more for that guy or for that package than I thought you would. So I think it'll, listen, play the games. I agree. Get a couple of wins here in the next uh, few days, Sunday, Tuesday, Seattle, uh, Sunday at home against Montreal. That That's that's a different thing. That's the fun stuff. You put on the TV, you go to UBS, you watch the games, you go to the bar, but there'll be other things going on. And that's what we took 20, 25 minutes to talk about tonight. Yeah, and then just really quickly here to finish off, um, you mentioned it, any possible surprises here? Uh, who would uh, who would be the most shocking to get dealt? Um, and just another guy maybe that you think wouldn't get traded um, because you maybe think he's part of the core or you just don't think uh, as a guy that's a, a trade chip at the deadline that the Islanders, that Lou Lamorello might ship. Yeah, you said it. Very well. It's two categories. There's the guy like a Beauvillier who is it possible? Oh, because some team, some team called. Wait, the way it happens happens in all the other sports too. Is and I've been lucky enough to work for GMs who kind of had an open door policy. Uh, Mike Milbury, Neil Smith, and that was more during free agency. Uh, Garth, at times, uh, was nice enough to, you know, I, he would be like. I think we're going to get Ryan Smith. Like he'd keep me in the loop on stuff. On the couple of years we were together, somebody will call Lou and say, "You know, will are you? Would you ever consider trading?" And in this case, Anthony Bovillier is, is an obvious example. Um, probably the most obvious of the good players who could go somewhere. Whereas Pellet. Pulak and four or five other guys, Barzal, obviously we can name, aren't going anywhere. And if you're Lou Lamorello, you're you listen. So could that happen? Because it's just like, you know, I don't think San Jose thought they were going to get a first round pick for Barkley uh, Barkley Goodrow. Uh, they would get more for Rovillier. And then the other one is just, and this is this is a long shot. I could hear the chuckling from the fans now. But he, he, he might be, Lou Lamorello might make it clear that a Josh Bailey or a Palmieri are available. And, of course, people will say they make too much money, they have too much, too many years left. Um, but, again, one team, two teams, has a scout who loves Bailey, who has always sat there and said, I'm saying hypothetically, man, if we could get Bailey with the way he passes the puck with those guys on Edmonton or those guys on Pittsburgh or those guys on Minnesota, like he could be a piece. Um, so, you know, for Palmieri, I don't, you know, there were teams that tried to sign him. That contract looks bad. He's played better the last two games, not just scoring. He's, he's been more out there. Uh, maybe he's fighting off more injuries or things we didn't know. Um, he looks better. I would say he's more unlikely, but I can't sit here and rule out teams expressing interest in Josh Bailey. And if they do, of course, if you're Lou Lamorello, you have to listen. 
Yeah, and and ultimately here to finish off the the podcast, Chris, because you know you mentioned all these draft picks the Islanders could get back, but what's the chances they get actual young prospects back? I mean, in a farm system that's pretty thin to begin with, you know, we we still barely see we don't see Aturati, we barely saw Robin Salo. Like the Islanders have young guys that they haven't showcased a lot of. Um, what's the chances that Lou wants to try to get any young players, young unproven talent back? That's a great point. And, and, you know, I should clarify, uh, no, I really appreciate you saying that when, you know, when we set up this list, when I talk about value, it's kind of easier to think about rounds. Right. But in some cases, I think we did say, um, you know, maybe a prospect could, could be, you know, there could be sweeteners for Varlama. A Bailey move would be like that. A Beauvillier. Yeah. You don't trade Anthony Beauvillier without getting at least like say three assets back a draft pick, a, a prospect, maybe an older player who you like that fit there. So it, it you know, all these deals, even though I mostly mentioned, Oh, it's a second rounder. It's a fourth rounder. Ah, green wouldn't get anything better in a fifth or sixth, whatever it might be. No, that, that comes into play. And that is crucial. I mean, so that's, that's, that's why they're here. That the prospect pool is not highly ranked. We can like Roddy, we can like Salo, but then, it takes a little while to start thinking about other names too. Uh, most of the publications that have the scouts out there and, and do all the, the homework, the, the big networks and like that, they do not run, you know, across the board. They're not always right. Okay. And they're certainly wrong from time to time on a certain player or two. I know opinions are very mixed on Roddy in terms of his upside. So they know they, they need to replenish here. They didn't think they would have to worry about it because when you're winning, you don't think about those things, nor should you. But they didn't win this year. And they're scratching to pull off a miracle to come in eight. And maybe they do it. And man, wouldn't that be fucking unbelievable if they did? <laughs> and then we, you know, we'd have a great time. Listen, I'm still going to games. I, I still, my sons, my friends are still like, hey, would you want to go? You know, we want to go and see winner. We don't want to see the place half empty, which it could be uh, if it goes on much longer. So uh, we're on two tracks here. There's the track of the game at a time, put some points together, try to close this gap, pull off a miracle. And then there's the also, oh, by the way, your system is barren. You had this big step back year. Do the things that you have to do to fix it, to get it better for next year and have more assets for trades or to use draft picks. All right. Well, hopefully when we're doing our next Islanders four check, we still have some optimism in terms of this season to hold on to. Hopefully they do rip off a really nice stretch of games here. Hopefully uh, seemingly out of nowhere, take care of business on Sunday against Montreal. They absolutely should. Absolutely should go on the road and beat Seattle Tuesday night. And then, hey, maybe they can pick off San Jose. Maybe they can pick off Colorado uh, one of the two times they're going to play them in March, in early March. And then when they get back home, they get a stretch of – Seven straight home games. So, again, maybe we still are holding on to some hope for them to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, by the next time we do the podcast. But, Chris, absolutely, we will probably be talking about who has been dealt uh, by the next time we do an Islanders forecheck here in the next two to three weeks. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I know you with your crazy schedule, you're not available really late. I wouldn't want to do anything around the Seattle game, but next Thursday they play – uh, San Jose, that would then be possibly their fourth win in a row if they beat Montreal and Seattle. 
after that game, that could listen, if they win all those, it's a different conversation. So if we don't do this again for a couple of weeks, then you're right. It's possible at least one of these pieces could be done. Okay. All right. This has been Islanders 4-Check, bonus series of Hockey Press Pass. For everybody on the Hockey Press Pass family, as always, Ksenia, Danny, you know Chris Botta. I'm Pat Boyle. Thank you guys so much, as always, for the support. Thanks again to Main Street Board Game Cafe, Instat Hockey, and, of course, Hello Fresh. Chris, any final thoughts? No. Uh, what's that press pass code? <laughs> yes, press pass 16. Oh, oh good. Well, that's what we brought. We got, we got to finish strong here. Where did I put my read? You got it? Go to hellofresh.com slash presspass16 and use code presspass16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Presspass16. Thanks so much, everybody, for everybody's support all season. Let's finish this strong with the four check and also with the hockey press pass. Yeah, and we're, we're dishing out HelloFresh so much. Maybe they can start sending some meals my way in Hoboken. <laughs> we'll work, we, we will definitely work that out. You know I always feed you, buddy. No, I know. Hey, Mother Kelly's, man. Best place, best on Long Island. That'll do it. We'll see you guys on the, uh, the next episode of Hockey Press Pass. Bye.